Good afternoon, everybody. This is the 13th episode of The Real Word. I'm your brother, your host, Brother Ricard Gina Well. I'm here with my co-host, your boy, Pastor Sander Kamel. And we got a special guest here with us today. Introduce yourself. Ernest Pierre, what's up, what's up? What's up, what's up? This is a special episode because we know yesterday was Labor Day and everything. Everybody was enjoying themselves, doing the rump and shop up and down the park. Like, your park was crazy lit. Shout out to everybody that's watching. Shout out to the Haitians, you know? Yeah, the Haitians <laughs> always give it up crazy. On Labor Day, they always do their thing. So we decided to hold it off for today and just, you know, do it for a, for a new day, new time. So shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Shout out to everybody that's been part of the movement thus far. We respect y'all. We thank y'all all for watching. And we just appreciate you guys because without you guys, you wouldn't be where we are today. So shout out to you, the viewers. Definitely. We also want to thank um, this just, we just want to just thank God for just the opportunity to be used by him. And I know Ricard has a wonderful announcement to make in regards to where we at today. So where we at right now, baby? Yo, we in Bushwick on 1001 Irving Avenue. We are a brand new studio. Shout out to my boy Jeff for this new spot. This, this new spot got all type of stuff. We even got a barber shop. So shout out to all that. We in a new spot. You know, we're going to keep evolving, we're going to keep moving, we're going to keep the movement moving, we're going to keep pushing and grinding, and hopefully we reach the top. You know, one day hopefully we on NBC, ABC, or MTV, or whatever it might be, Inspired Network, who knows where we're going from now, but we on episode 13, and that's a blessing in itself, right? Yes, and who we got today, baby? That's your boy, Ernst Pierre, what's up, what's up? Okay, okay, that's what's up, that's what's up. So, tell us about who is, you said that again, your name is? Ernst Pierre, tell the, tell the people who is Ernst Pierre, what is Ernst Pierre, motiva- uh, what, what, okay. who is Ernst Pierre, what is Ernst Pierre about, and what church you go to and everything like that? Uh, church, I go to Jordan River Church. Okay. Shout out. The new Jordan River Church. Shout out. I see the viewers. Uh, <laughs> what can I say about myself? Well, I'm just, I'm just one of those people who I like to stay in the background, but I, I'm a helper. Okay. I'm a helper. I don't, I don't like I don't like I don't like the I don't like the views being on me. Wow. I like working in the background. Wow. I like helping I like doing things, but nobody needs to know I do it. Mm. I'm just one of those humbled souls and whatever I could do to help out the community, help out with um with um church work, God work, whatever I can do, I'll do it. That's what's up, that's what's up, that's what's up. Yeah, since I've known Ernst, he's always been like a low-key, laid-back dude, and I respect that about him. He's always in the cut, he's always chilling, but he's always there to help. He's been my assistant in the youth department for, I can say, two years now, and we made a lot of progress. Shout out to him, you're only as good as the people around you, and I was lucky enough to have Ernst on my team. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I wanted to basically um, ask you, um, how do you feel with joining with the other church? How's that been coming along? with you guys and everything like that? Um, I like it. Like, okay. It's like, a, I look at it as a marriage. Okay. I've been a marriage, you know, that comes, there's always, it's not, it's not, it's not always going to be perfect. Okay, okay. But I like it because we were able, the short amount of time we've been together, we've been able to accomplish some good things in the church. Okay. And I like the way things are moving and it's only going to go up from there. Okay, okay, okay. You forgive us for the music in the background. <laughs> Yeah, it's also a music studio, so there's going to be a lot of noise in the background, but... but if it's available, please it. let us know, you know what I'm saying? That's pretty much that's what it is. I wanted to ask you guys, how you feel about what's been going on with um, with Texas? What's on your mind with that? How do you guys feel about that and everything? It's a sad situation to see, but we can't say that we don't know these things are going to happen. Okay. It's been prophesied that these things will happen, it just shows us that the end is near. Yes. But I also like how when these things have these that these disasters happen, it shows the the human and humans. Mm. If that makes sense. Because we're able to come together and help each other, help strangers in time of need. And on, during these times you can see that like racial other things don't matter. Wow. Like, we're just trying to help people. Wow. So that it's a, it's a, it shows you the good and the bad of this world. Some, it shows you the little bit of good that we can have, 
but we saw the battle match disasters that happened over. But that's right. Our prayers are out to all those people, and we just hope they get back on their feet. That's what's up. How y'all feel about that whole Joe Osteen situation? Everybody was getting at him oh, hard with the memes and everything online. They were saying how, like, how he didn't act fast enough, how he was a little bit too political, how he waited out and he wasn't going to help the people at all. So how you guys feel about that? You want to go first? You want to go first? Uh, Joel Osteen, like, if you're going to be that kind of guy, that kind of ministry, you shouldn't have to think about giving in the time of need. You have this mega church. You have a basketball arena as a church. Yeah. It's not flooded. There's no excuse to open your doors to people. It makes no sense. But the thing is that I heard, I heard that they, they always do community service. I heard that they always do community service because I have a couple of friends that are, 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 are ministers who ministers on Sunday. And also, too, um, I also heard that he always gives back to the community. But I heard that it did, it did flood. It did flood, and they didn't want to put people into a situation where it would have been dangerous and everything like that. They wanted to do precaution and everything. I feel that the reason why they attacked Joel is because his, his theology is not really on point. And because his theology is not really on point, they attacked him just to get him because he's the man. He's doing his thing. He's making money. You feel me? That's what I heard and stuff like that. And this just, this just shows us as a reminder is that the world is watching us. People are watching us. And people are not really concerned about um, holiness. They're not really concerned about... They're not really concerned about how saved we are. What they're really concerned about as a church is if we say we love God, do we meet the needs of the people? People are looking for people um, who say that love God to show the love of God through action. And it's, 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 it's very unfortunate what happened, but you learn that, oh, I'm going to give a shout out to you for those who like that. Appreciate that. Um, we want to just... Um, I just want to just, you know, it just to show you that as a people, we can't live on what people say on social media. We can't dictate what we do on social media. However, we have a responsibility as a church to go out and to help people. People want to see us helping people. People want to see the love of God. People want to see, listen, if you're broke, what I'm willing to do for that. If I don't have a house, what are you, what are you willing to do to provide? People are not just looking for going to church. They're looking for the church to meet their needs, and that's what that's that's a reminder for them. For, 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 that's what that's that's, what, that's a reminder for us to this Joel Osteen situation. That's how that's how it should be. The church is supposed to provide those basic needs when people are in need. So, and especially when you have a platform of that magnitude, you, and especially with the time and age you are today with social media, you can't when you have all eyes on you, you can't really. St- Stall that way. That's true. You gotta be on point at all times. That's true. Because one mishap and everything can go away. That's true. The perception of you changes really quickly. Especially like when we in this microwave era where everything comes and goes so fast. That's like as fast as you become popular, you could become unpopular. Just like this show, we became popular really fast. But say for example, I do something crazy or, or Pastor Santa come out do Facts. something crazy. They're gonna look at us like, yo, these dudes. They 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 a bunch of hypocrites. Look Facts. at the show that they was doing, and look at everything switch. And the you show, know? And the show will be done. Exactly. Like just two years ago, people probably didn't even know who we was. Now everybody's watching the show. We get all these thousands of views. Shout out to the viewers, because I see the viewers is in double digits right now. But that's the way the game goes sometimes. But my heart goes out to those people out there, and all those people that are suffering, the people that's going through all these things. I hope that they make it through and I hope that like God's with y'all, y'all don't lose faith. Hopefully the right people with the right money get into those situations and they can help y'all out. They can help y'all through those difficult situations and just stay strong, stay together, you know, hopefully we work through it. Um, somebody said something. It says, 
Um, it, it's Steve G. Wharton. Shout out to Stevie. <laughs> My man just said it's it's touch and go. Austin wasn't given approval to return to the area where the church was. And then again, like I said, he should have let the people know that his church is an, is, a, is an option for refuge as soon as it was clear to open his doors. I agree. It was a form of miscommunication, which I agree. But like I said, it's a, just a reminder that we as a church, we have to go out. We have to touch people. We have to meet people's needs. We have to provide for people. That's what we're about. About that's what we're about. That is the that's our first mission and that's our first objective. People need to see the love of God. They need to see the light of God through us. I, I wanted to go ahead, Brother Bakar. Now I was gonna say one of the, the the biggest problems about today is that people people say things before they even get like the full information. Like facts. people make their assumptions about you before they even get all the facts. Yeah, they were saying that Joe Osteen did not open his, his church on time, but they didn't ask why, what happened. They didn't ask him. They just started attacking him right away. Yeah. And yeah, he made a statement online, but he made a broad statement. He was like, all right, our, our church will open once the, once the other shelters is full. You can understand that because you guys got to understand his church is privately owned. If there's any damages done by the people, well, somebody dies in it. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna have to pay for it, and they could turn around and, and they could sue him. They could dead Facts. sue him and do what? That's true. That's yeah. true. Because don't don't think people haven't sued churches in the past. <laughs> Facts, because they want their money, especially these fraudulent cats. What about you to say, my brother? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I I wanted to ask you guys how you feel about what Trump is doing. Oh, my man just gave a shout out, Cruz Gutter. Salute to you, my man. My Salute. Son Chris. Shout That's out to Chris. Yes, what's up, man? I want to ask you how you feel about um, Trump um, basically um, repealing DACA. You guys know about DACA, right? Yeah. Yeah. How you guys feel about that? Because you know, ICE was already on the move. I was now... looking at it online, and it was basically saying that Trump is a racist, basically because children that. It's like me, right? Say, for example, I wasn't a citizen and I didn't get my papers. I've been in America since the age of two. If they was to send me to Haiti, I don't know nothing about Haiti. I, I don't know about that life. I've never been there since I came back to America. So imagine me growing up here. I know everybody here. I got my stuff here. I got my clothes. I got my car. I got everything here. And then all of a sudden, I got to go back to Haiti and start life all over. Like, it's going to be crazy for me. And it's I feel not, like that's not fair. Yeah, like, it's not fair. I remember when I was in college, matter of fact, I'm not going to say who you are. But I knew this chick, like, she was going to college with me, but then she didn't have her papers. So, like, she was cool with me, I used to hang out and all that, and then one day she asked me out on a date. I was like, alright, we'll, we'll go out as friends, though. So we went out as friends, and then we chilling, and then, and then like, on, on the ride back home, she was like, oh, I got something to confess to you, how, like, I don't... I don't have papers and this and that and my parents, because she was like Indian. She was like, oh, my parents are looking to arrange a marriage so I get my papers, but I've known you for a while and, and, and we close friends and maybe you could help me with this situation, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I was like, I don't know. Let me think about it. I dropped off and I sped off. <laughs> like, we wasn't friends like that no more. She even went as far as to block me on Facebook. It was kind of crazy. And then like... Nah, I didn't do nothing wrong, but I don't know. I guess she felt kind of weak because, you know, like, I, I don't know. But I, I didn't want to be in a fake marriage like that just to give her papers. But there's people that's dealing with that type of situation, people that's going to school or trying to get into school or trying to get jobs, and now they got to go to different places, you know, and it's a sad situation, especially, like, if you grew up here and you so used to, like, everything around here. That's real. That's real. Up a lot of people from failure because you grew up, you, you grew up here, you had your dreams and aspirations here, and now all of a sudden you're like in your late teens, early 20s, and you gotta pick up everything, go somewhere else, start all over. It's not fair, it's not right, and they should do something about that. No, I agree 100%. I see people already leaving to go to Canada already and everything like that because they don't got their papers. Facts. People are already being affected by, you know what I'm saying? Um, what do you think that we as a people that we can do? Who do you think they should could talk to in regards to consultation and, and helping them and stuff like that? What do you think? I mean, I would first of all say, you know, talk to your local politicians, your congressman, your senator, um, your mayor to see what ways they could do to... to um, give you sanctuary because ICE is out here, baby. It was out here before, they're gonna be out here again. It's real out here in these streets. I would say personally, 
the best thing that they could do is either find someone to marry them <laughs> or try to get like a worker's visa, like get a job that will sponsor you to like help pay for your citizenship, you could do that. Or like, I don't know, go to your local like immigration clinic and just apply, go through the motions and try to be here legally. That's, that's the best advice I could give you. It's gonna, it's gonna be a long process. We gotta do a better job of voting. That's true. Politicians, you gotta go to these meetings and bring up your concerns, and then vote for the ones who take these concerns seriously. That's right. So then they can somehow go into the high ups and push laws and legislation to switch these things up. No, I agree. But it's not something that's gonna change overnight. Like this, like him canceling this changed overnight, but to reverse that will be a longer process. No, definitely, definitely. But at least you, you, you're seeing what, 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 what Trump said he was, he was going to do, he, he, he did it. The thing is that people think, you know, um, Trump is, is stupid. Trump is not stupid. Trump is ignorant. Trump is prideful. And what he said he's gonna do, he's gonna do it. Gonna do it. You know what I'm saying? So why do you think Trump is so much against immigrants? Like, what do you think his beef is with immigrants? Because, number one, he's racist, he's rich, he forgot where he came from, that his parents and his great-grandparents were immigrants. So it's, it's just, it's all white privilege. That's what I see, to be honest with you, in ignorance. What you think, bro? I think he's trying to, he's trying to stop outsourcing because we, we spend a lot of money buying goods from other countries. I think he's trying to do something so that the money can stay in America. Because we, we're like, same with, like, I hear he's, he's doing things with China to cut off trade with them and stuff. And then that's where we get most of our, like, I want to say 80% of our stuff from. That's right. And the, I think these things are just to try to keep money in America. Okay. I think it's going about it the wrong way. But, but the thing is, that if you think about it, the thing is that a lot of, a lot of immigrants, that's who boost the American economy. I just feel like it's a lot of, you know, um, white supremacy, it's a lot of racism. And also too, you gotta also re re remember as well that there's gonna be a period of time where white folk ain't gonna be the majority of the country anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they say by like 2050. Yeah. It'll be 50-50. Or 2020, I, I heard, that's what I heard. But the only the majority in America know the place. That's the sad part. Like. Most of the country is covered by black and brown people. They just don't want you to know that fact. Wow. Yeah. That's real. I see my man Clifford online. What's good, boy? I see my man Errol's online. Do you think, do you think white supremacy is... Okay, I'm going to give you a perfect example. The other day, like, like I do Uber and Lyft part-time, it was a racist guy in my car. He claimed he, he did not know he was racist, and he claimed that he wasn't racist because he had black friends. However, he called Floyd Mayweather an arrogant nigga with the heavy R, not with the A at the end. And he was like, oh, because I had friends that are black, I'm not racist. But he also said that his, his brother-in-law was racist, so he know what a racist is. And he said that his father was a racist, so he know what a racist is. But he's saying that he wasn't a, he wasn't a racist, but obviously he was a racist. So they said that white supremacy and racism, racism is taught, and they say white supremacy is almost like, it's almost like a weapon, almost, that like white people use against blacks to try to control them, in a sense. Of course. Do you, do you think that's true? That is true, because the thing is that um, racism is, is taught. Racism is, is a power thing. For you to say, I don't like, okay, I could tell a white person I don't like them, and a white person could tell me they didn't like me. That's prejudice. You feel me? Yeah. But racism is control. It controls what school you go to. It controls what job that you get. Like for example, you ever go to a job and they say, well, you got your bachelor's, you got your master's. Okay, for example, you go to a job and you don't got your bachelor's, you don't got your master's. They be like, well, you're not qualified, right? Then after that, when you get your bachelor's, your master's, they be like, you're overly qualified for the job. That's racism. How could you be overqualified for the job when you qualify for the job? So racism is all about control. Control where you live, um, control um, 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 control where you live, control what school you go to, control um, 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 
it's all about control. It's all about power. It dictates. So that's really the, the situation. So racism is, is taught, and I believe the guy that came at you, he was taught racism. He didn't know any better, you know what I'm saying, by his, by his, by his um, father or his mother. And that's pretty much, that's what it is. Do you, do you feel like white supremacy is a religion? As in like it's people that follow that and keep it going, keep it going. It is a religion. To like their children over and over and over and over. It is a religion, yes. Like a powerful statement that someone made is that where they get all these Ku Klux Klan outfits at, who's the tailor that's, that's sewing them and who's the dry cleaner or laundromat that's washing them. Who said them? that? Somebody said that. Um, it was... Um, Yo, I heard that from somewhere, bro. I forgot his name. It's the dude that sings the the bridge is over. The bridge is over. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's a very good question. Where do they get them from? That's a very good question. Yeah. Did you also see that 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 video also too, where that police officer basically said, "It's okay. We're not gonna bother your white woman. We kill black people, though." Yeah. Yeah, he was fired though. But that's how they feel. I mean, he probably still gets pension. He probably still living good. Yeah. He probably only had a few years left on the force anyway. So, Fox. He probably just get death duty and just chill out somewhere. Cause when these cops kill black people, they don't really get fired. Yeah, they don't really lose their job. And when they do, people create like GoFundMe's and they get more money in the GoFundMe than they would. That's get crazy. Working. Yeah, cause they started a GoFundMe for the cop that killed Mike Brown. They did one for Zimmerman when he killed Trayvon Martin. So. They look out for each other. That's crazy. They look out for each other. That's crazy. Man, they really, really want to kill us out here, man. They try. And they, they see the potential we have to be great. They don't want to let us be great. And I think that too, not only do they want to kill us, they also want to take our body parts and sell our body parts to people as well too. I heard also too in Houston that people that were homeless, it was in the news, that they kill homeless people to sell body parts to people who need and stuff like that. Yeah, that's been going. That's been going around this country for a long time. That's basically what the movie Get Out was about. Yeah. Get, out? Get out. Get out. Yeah, it's about organ. What they call it, organ harvesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because they they say um, black people their organs are, are better, stronger. Yeah, so they live longer. That's crazy. Yeah. So well, I think in Get Out. They were transferring their brain to yeah. the other person's brain. Yeah, wow. so basically, like they'll live longer through that person. Shout out to the boy Aknel. I see you on the tune in. Yeah. And my man down the road. Listen, if there's any questions or any comments that you guys want to ask, please ask us. I see a lot of people coming in tonight. We about to get it in. We about to talk about some. We talking about some real things tonight. What do you guys think that we should talk about tonight? What do you guys think? Come on now, we here, baby. We here. All right, Ernst. In life, right? When did you ever feel like your faith was being tested and it was because of your faith that got you through that situation? Um, definitely college. College, I felt, there was, there, I hit a point in college where I felt like God abandoned me. And I, 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 I can honestly say there was a point where I didn't believe no more. What, what made you feel that God abandoned you? Because it, it was just hard. Everything was hard. Okay. Like, um, did you feel that the church tried to su support you at that time? I, mean, I didn't even... I didn't even go to the church for support. Okay. I, I, I kind of tried to handle things on my own. Okay. Financial aid got rough. It was like, before I had a job, financial aid was good. Wow. I got a job, financial aid went away, and I'm like, what the hell's going on? And it's just like, I'm praying, I'm praying for things to happen. It's just like, but my prayers wasn't working because I, I, I lost my faith. I would constantly for like a, for about a whole year. What's good, Agna? We see you. Go ahead. For like a whole year, it was just that. Mm. I was going through the motions when I was going to church. I didn't really believe no more until one day, I, I forgot what I was reading in the Bible, but then it just switched, and then I just started praying, and then my faith grew slowly and slowly. Wow. I started getting more involved into the church, thanks to Ricardo. Yeah, it's the legend, yo. yo let's, yeah. let's get the hands for Ricardo. It's the world MVP, come on. <laughs> I be seeing, but he be on that timer, bro. He be he be bringing wolves, he be bringing goons, hyenas. Yo, I'm telling yo, yo, Jordan the River. Yo, I better I better take him in, or you feel me? Honestly, it was crazy because that's real, bro. For a long time, telling you, he was all. I can't say he was all going through the motions. 
No, you, you remember when I came to our church? Like, yeah. you guys was on that timing. But let me tell you something. Seeds are planted. That's why you don't sleep on people. But I said, wow. Yeah. I remember the day he became our youth leader. He, he held a meeting and he was just like, he was just like, all right, we can do this. We can do this. And I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, nah, this ain't going to happen. He's been telling us this for years. Like, wow. Oh, the youth department is going to go strong. And I'm just like, nah, this is going to be whatever. But then slowly and surely, he just kept on growing and growing. As you get more involved, your connection with God grows stronger. Yes. You feel like you can do things. Yes. I've I done things that I, I thought I would never be able to do. Like, he, he convinced me to, like, he probably tried to get me to preach for like four or five months. And I'm just like, no, nah, I'm not preaching. I'm not preaching. But then one day I sat down, I wrote it out. And he came to me. He was like, You ready? I don't know how he knew I, was, I had it already. He's like, You ready? <laughs> He's like, This month is for you. Like, this month is yours, and he, like no questions asked. But it was already done, and then that's how I got I got my faith back because I started getting involved in church and more. And then come out, tell me how many people came out that day. Oh, it was crazy. I think wow. we had um the month before that church got canceled because it was a crazy snowstorm, and then it was around February. It was still out of snow on the ground. We wasn't expecting a crowd. Wow. The service started as a probably about. 10, 15 people up there. Wow. And then we sat down. And when you're on the podium, you can't, when you sit down, you can't really see the people. The people. And I'm a shy person, so I'm sitting there, I'm like, I, I got this. I'm doing nothing for talking to nobody. Yeah. I get up, I'm just packed. I'm like, what is going on here? Mercy. God is good. People said the message was good, so. Praise the Lord. Works yeah. in mysterious ways. Praise the Lord. Um, so sorry. Somebody asked a question. Somebody said, my man Eric. Um, Gene Baptiste, all the way from Boston, want to salute you from Lancaster, Massachusetts. My man said, how should ministers protest the current injustices without looking political? For example, um, as a pastor, and I encourage all pastors to do this, your pulpits, you should be preaching against injustice. You should also get in the wave in regards to supporting Colin Kaepernick um, by boycotting the NFL, which is very, very important because the thing is that a lot of times, you have people like the NFL who get caught up in a domestic violence situation, who get caught up in so many situations that they give them a, a pass. But a young man who wants to go or who's bending his knee for injustices, it's an issue I think that we should be very vocal in our pulpits. We should also boycott. We should also get our local politicians involved in regards to doing what we can to make the situation better. So that's very important, very essential. So um, with that being said, you don't have to join, as a, as a pastor, you don't have to be a politician. You don't have to be a congressman. You don't have to be a senator. But you definitely need to connect yourself with politicians and senators and congressmen to see what you can do to make things happen in regards to pressuring companies like the NFL to get in their money and investing in our people the way the Jews invest, their, invest in their people to make things happen. And that's how we can get involved. They just they need to just speak the truth. Speak don't, the truth. Don't sugarcoat what's Don't sugarcoat nothing. That's right. I agree. I think the best way that they could do it without looking political is to compare what's going on today to what happened in the Bible. Like a perfect example would be the Israelites when they was in Egypt. They were going through hardships. They were being persecuted by Pharaoh. And they, they were in bondage and they was in slavery. Today we got the modern day slavery because the book of Deuteronomy prophesies this whole thing. says you will be returned back into Egypt, back into bondage. But this time you'll be placed on slave ships and be placed in a land that you have no memory of, of and you won't know where you're at. And this time there'll be no one to set you free. That's us right now. We're in political slavery, we're in financial slavery, we're in economical slavery, we're in mental slavery, some of us are in physical slavery, those that are locked up in the penitentiary. So it's like, you, people want to say, oh, church is not political, that's a lie. Because during nominations, that's a political time. During, when, when you're in committee, that's political. Like, the church is just like politics. At the top, there's like one one person that's running the whole thing, that's the pastor under him, there's, there's supervisors, that those are the elders under the elders, there's, there's department managers, and that's the people that's in head of different departments. You break it down like that, it's the same thing. It's like a cabinet, and it's like you, you, 
you take votes, there's nominations and everything else, and for people, some people to get to get positions in church, they get political. They scheme, they plot, they they bribe people, they do favors, and they get into positions in church the same exact way. So we can't say, oh, how is the church not to get political? It's just that I feel like the church don't like to be involved in the real things because they're punks, basically. Like, I feel like some people, like, they hide behind the pulpit or they act like they're in church and nothing's going to touch them, and that's a lie. Like, the same things that affect the people that are outside of church affects us. You don't think we're being affected by the decisions of Donald Trump? You don't think we are affected by the decisions of our congressmen and our city councilmen? If we're here to say that we're safe in this church, that's a lie. We're only in the church a few hours of the week. We're not there every single day. We encounter different things and we go through different things every single day. So for us to say that we don't live in a political spectrum, that's, that's just us lying to ourselves. It's just that the church, I feel like they need to step up in regards to a lot. Like, they need to dead step up. Stop playing politics. I agree. And the, the problem is, churches nowadays are scared to offend. They like to tiptoe about certain topics because they don't want to offend the people in the congregation. And it's be like, somebody will want to preach about something, but then they'll remember, oh, such and such person in here has been, is going through this. I don't want them to feel like I'm preaching at them. So I will, I'm not gonna preach about this. I'm gonna preach about something that something about something good, something nice. But they wanna they don't, they don't wanna preach about the truth because they don't wanna offend people in the congregation. Because if they offend, they lose money, man. Churches don't wanna lose money. And if they offend, they lose friends too. <laughs> it's all politics. I feel like it gets kind of tricky because you gotta look at it this way. Church is m mostly made of families. If you offend, let's say you offend someone's father, then the mother and the children might be offended and then you're gonna have to deal with that. Or if you offend someone's mother, vice versa, and then you have to deal with that. So it gets tricky. But I feel like there's a way to tackle things in a respectful way for every single situation. It would just depend on how you wanna do it and how you go about doing it. What That's you think real. Of that? That's real. That's real. That's real. Wow. I'm just reflecting. <laughs> he gets me sometimes when he be speaking, man. He's a preacher. Nah, I'm not a preacher. Yeah, I, just, I just say how I feel. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. And, and I think, like I said, to, to piggyback what you're saying, Ricard, I think we just need to go back into the essence what, what church is about. You know what I'm saying? We need to be about the community. We need to be helping people. We need to be touching people. We need to be motivating people. But also, too, like I said, we need to also speak the truth. Like, for example, look at the other day, and I'm not trying to put this church on blast. I want to send my condolence to um, this young man who committed suicide at, um, what's the name, the name of the church again? It's not Ebenezer. It's that church, um, it's that church smear. I want to send my condolence to that family. That young man just committed suicide and stuff like that. You feel what I'm saying? Recently, yeah. Yeah, so we want to just keep that family in prayer and, and, and let people know, listen, where was his the, the church at? You know what I'm saying? Where was his friend? Where was his family? You know what I'm saying? People going through things. We need to really address issues like mental health. You know what I'm saying? Depression and, and suicide. Because a lot of our young people, they're going through some real life situations and they need help so i agree with that 100 we gotta address issues we don't have to address issues to look down on people we address issues to help people to uplift people and to inspire people to be better and everything like that so why you think the church don't don't talk about the real issues because it's taboo so why you think they talk about it's but, taboo but listen for them it's taboo but but when those real taboo preachers do come they're just talking bare nonsense talking about don't wear makeup don't wear weave don't wear wigs, don't wear this, don't wear that, don't wear nail polish. And half the people that's clapping saying, amen, amen, they got on a wig <laughs> and they got on a weave. So to me, like, it be preachers like that, but I feel like those preachers just be boring. And so they start attacking people just to get like a little rise out of the people. I feel like there's a lot of things in the Bible that you could preach about. There's a lot of things in the Bible that you could speak on. Like, there's a lot of different things that you could talk about. It's just that some people, they just don't talk about the real stuff. That's why you keep hearing the same stories over and over and over and over, but there's other stories to talk about. Think about it. When you go to a church, you'll probably hear the same, the same sermon four or five times. 
in like a six month radius because they all talk about the same thing. Wow. I believe most of them don't have a dynamic preaching style. I feel like, I think some of them, they don't even read the Bible. They, they just probably go and watch another sermon and just make a different version of that previous sermon probably. Wow. Yeah, because that's what it seemed like. Mm. It's like that. It's like that preacher for the rally day. Not 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 the last rally day, but the one before that. He was talking about. He he basically was talking about the book of Matthew when when Jesus said, "Cast out your nets." This time you won't you'll be a fisher of man wow. and not a fisher of fish. And then he had that same sermon, but then he switched it up. He was like, "Yeah, I heard this sermon before, but this person talked about this." Yeah, I heard the same the same sermon, but they talked about this. Yeah, I heard the same sermon, but they talked about that. Yeah, I had the same sermon, but they talked about this. Then he gave his rendition of the same sermon. But it's like there's a lot of books in the Bible. There's a lot of things that happen in the Bible that preachers do not talk about. They do not talk about. Like there's not that much preachers that talk about how Jesus' great great grandmother was a prostitute. There's 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 a lot that don't talk about certain things that's in there. Like they rather stay away from it and just preach on the same thing. I think it all depends on the church that you go to. I think it all depends on the pastor. I think it all depends on the leaders. But that's true. I agree. But we're here to change that. So if you could change one thing, what would you guys change? Um, in regards to what? In regards to church? Yeah. Like, what would you do? Like, I already know you got your one circle church and you very innovative with that. Like, what do you think? All right, so let me ask you this question. What do you think separates your church from other churches? I think what separates our church, number one, is we start at 11 o'clock and we end by 12.45. We're straight to the point. We start with testimonies, welcome, scripture reading, prayer, praise and worship word offering. So that's the time, of course. And also, too, um, we want to just inspire, just because thing is, it's not us against them. So I wanted to be very clear about that. It's not us against them. We want to inspire all churches, all Seven Adventist churches, to um, not only just serve your community but help your people. A lot of these departments, people getting into these positions, they don't even do nothing when it comes to their positions. They become youth director, they don't get involved. They become doka, they don't become involved. They're deacons, they're deaconesses, they don't get involved. It's just a Saturday show, hey, I'm a deacon, and that's pretty much, that's what it is. So we're here to inspire all churches to help the people in your church, first and foremost, and also help the people out there. Because a church is, is, is a movement. A church is, is more than just us coming to a building. I'm the church. You're the church. We're the church. The Bible says that when two or three are gathered, he's in the midst. So we have to be a, a, a thriving vehicle of Jesus Christ. There are those who are supposed to be, there are those who are supposed to be the feet of Jesus. There are those supposed to be the hands of Jesus. There's those who are supposed to be the mouth of Jesus. We all have a role to play. So the Winter Circle Church is a church that focuses on community service and, and, and is willing to go out there and to help people and to help our people. So we have a lot of big things in store. And I just want to just salute the Federation just the other day. They are going to be giving out free laundry. We want the Federation to keep doing these things. We want the churches to keep doing these things. Keep showing the love of God. That's what church should be about. It's supposed to be a movement. It's like a gang of us helping people out and showing the love of God. You know what I'm saying? Oh, somebody said something else. Oh, snap. Uh, Terry Pierce, your boy? That's your brother. He says, one way they can protest without looking political is by you. See? Ah! My man's on the same time, man. <laughs> my man said, one way they can protest without... I said, one way they could protest without looking political is by doing outreach. I agree, Terry, and community service. We're in the same time, man. My man said, oftentimes church forget that 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 they, they got to do service. What's a fault church? Church goes forget that that they they got service the community around them. If the people also are being affected by injustice, the church has to help them overcome the situation the situation with Christ. I agree. What you guys feel about what your brother just said? Like that you're speaking the truth. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But I try to uplift. 
But I think that the biggest issue with the churches, I feel like most churches are scared of the people in their own community. They are. Because even during the diaper drive, when I was, oh, I peeped. When I was going around the neighborhood, me and Vlad, and we was telling people about the diaper drive, like, we in Crown Heights. I could say, uh, people in that na- neighborhood look rough. Like, some of them look But it's like, I right, we come in, we're we not coming alone, first of all. We come in with God in the name of Christ. And we doing a service to the community. I mean, and we have not nothing to fear. Like even though we walk through the valley of shadow of death, like he will walk with us, you know. So we came to them in a respectful way, not disrespectful in any way, shape, or form. We told them about what what we here for and basically what we doing. And it was like, all right, we respect it. Like we're gonna help you guys out. And I was like, all right, good looks, like thanks. And they gave us the respect back because we gave them our respect, and they were receiving of it. And it was a successful diaper drive. But some of the older Haitians do look at the people that's outside. They might, I'm better than this person. I don't got time to sit there and talk to this person. I'm better than this person. I don't got time to go talk to this person. And that's the danger. That's the danger, bro. With their issue. And that's the danger. And that's what pushes people people away. But let me tell you something, guys. Yo, I want to just give an announcement. Friday nights we have Bible study at 164 Park Place. Come through. Saturday morning we have church. Come through. I'm preaching. We're going to be doing a lot of things coming up. We have a Metro car drive coming up next month. So pop out, donate to the Real World Ministries, donate to the Winter Circle Church, participate, participate. We're about to make some big, big, big things happen. And I want to also salute Ricard because I saw a couple of people from um, from the community that he invited to come to church. So I want to salute you for that. That's what it's about. You know what I'm saying? People don't need to come down. People need to come out and dress up. Come out just the way you are. And from then and there, God will work with you. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate that. It's beautiful. Yeah, I always invite everybody that I grew up with, people that I know, people that I went to school with, people I know from the streets. I always invite them to church. And because they got respect for me, they'll pop out to church. And they're like, all right, let me see what this is about. And when they get there, they get a full service. And I think majority of them be blown blown away. They're like, damn, like, I didn't know it was like that. Like, my boy, I knew him since um, junior high. He came to my last sermon. And he was like, he was like, bro, I thought this was a small little storefront church. I didn't even know it was going to be built like this. I didn't think this much people was going to come out. I was like, yeah, man, God is working. So it wasn't always like this. And I always tell people that same thing. It wasn't always like this. Like, we dead came from humble beginnings to where we at right now. And it was through the grace of God, like, not by one person or by any agenda or anything like that. Like, God did this. So, so basically, like, I just want to thank everyone that's been supporting the movement, you know? Like, shout out to Sammy, because when we first started, it was Sammy that plugged us into a lot of people, that put us on to a lot of different people, and Sammy plugged me into a, diff- a lot of different people. Shout out to the Blue Angels, they always came and performed at our events, and it was through all of that that we was able to reach where we at right now, you know? It wasn't just one person, it was a collective, it was a collective, I guess, effort to, to reach this point. And, and God's been good, you know? And even with this platform, I share with all my people, I share with all my friends, all my church members, and we're gonna keep doing that because we gotta strengthen each other. We can't be on no selfish tip at all. I agree. I agree, my brother. I agree. 100%. Anything you wanna say, King? Anything you wanna say to, to the people? No. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, let me ask you, Ernst, like, what's one way that you could strengthen your faith at this point? More into prayer. Mm. I, can't I, don't, I, don't, I don't pray enough. Mm. I tell myself, like, I don't, set, I don't set the time aside. I wake up in the morning, pray, and I tell myself, I'm going to pray this, during this certain time of day. Once the time comes, other things in life, I let that, I let that take priority over praying. And I think that that weakness, the connection between me and God. But I think if I could make the time, like take the time out to pray mm. and do my Bible study and my devotions daily, then I think that will start my relationship with God. Because we, a lot of times we, we let other things take priority over, over, over Christ. That's facts. And why do you think that is? I think it's, um, it's just... The way life is now, life is just, we live in a fast-paced, moving world. It's always something that needs to be done, always something that we got to do. So, 
And if we don't have like our head on our shoulders, sometimes we will we'll let we'll let that slip away because we always think, oh, we have time, we have time for God, but in reality, we we don't because we never know when that time will come and we don't have that time. So that's the one thing that I think that I need to do and that a lot of people should do: take the time out throughout the day to. Um, yeah, man. So. I think with myself, the best thing that I can do to strengthen my connection with Christ is, I'm gonna keep it honest with all y'all and everybody that's watching. Like I made a promise to God, I was like, God, like I'm not gonna be in the streets, I'm not gonna be hustling, I'm not gonna be dealing, I'm not gonna be scamming, I'm not gonna do none of those things. If I go all the way clean, God, hold me down, you know? And right now, by the grace of God, I got a wife, I got a crib, I just got a new car, shout out to Queens Auto Mall. Wow. And shout out to my church, my church is growing. It's like, God's just been good, bro. Like I, I'm able to pay my bills, I'm able to sleep, I'm able to leave clean, live clean, sorry. And I don't gotta worry about nobody coming at me or, or like anybody disrespecting me. I'm able to protect myself and I live honest. So like, by me moving away from sin and not doing certain things, like God has looked out for me. And in that sense, like, I don't got to deal with certain situations and I don't got to deal with certain things. So I thank God for that. I thank God for helping me through those situations. I thank God for helping me to be able to provide for my family. Like, I thank God for all my many blessings. I thank God for, for my kid that's on the way. Shout out, shout out. Yeah, my, found out today that my wife is two months pregnant. Like, I thought it was two weeks, already two months. So, yeah, man. So God's just been good. So I can't complain about nothing at all. Like. And it's like the more righteous I live my life, the more blessings I get. It's the same thing what God told Abraham. God told Abraham, keep my covenant, live by my commandments, and I will bless you abundantly. And that was a fact, because God doesn't make wills and God doesn't make borders. God, God just gives you what you ask for, and God tells you what he wants out of you. And if you go by what God asks and you do what God asks, like God will bless you every single time. It's like... Most people, they, they don't put their trust in God. They put their trust in man. They put their trust in people. They put their trust in everything else but God. But if you put your trust in God, God will be there for you, and he will never let you go. And that's just a fact. What, what was that moment that made you make the turnaround? Damn, that's a, that's a deep question. I feel like, all right, shout out to my boy Freedance, if you're watching. Like, I used to... I used to have my own spot in the basement since I was young, right? And when I used to be in the spot in my basement, it gave me a lot of freedom for my parents. So I would do all kinds of things, you know, I'd bring girls over, we would smoke and all that. And all that wild stuff I used to do, we used to throw parties and all that. But then when I became youth leader and all that, like, certain situations I had to leave alone. So, so I knew that I became a public figure and I was in the light Then my boy, Freedance, he was like, yo, bro, if you're going to do this, you got to do it all the way. Like, you can, lie, you can lie to man, you can lie to people, but you can't lie to God. Like, you can't front like you one way in public and then you a next way in private. Even though not everybody going to see it, God's going to see it regardless. So you're not tricking, you You might be tricking people, but you're not tricking God. And if you say that, that you're doing God's work and you're not, like, you're going to have to deal with God. And I was like... And I was like, damn, bro, that's deep. He's like, yeah, man, because there's real repercussions in that. Like, those are real repercussions. I said, yo, bro, you right. He's like, yeah, man. So if you're making a decision to go clean, go all the way clean, bro. And he said that as he pulled a pull from a spliff, and he just let out big smoke. And I was like, this dude. But, like, even him smoking, smoking a, a spliff, smoking weed, and telling me this, like, he was speaking truth. And his heart always been clean regardless, like, his heart. Like, he's a dude I, I knew since high school, like, and from everything's from, from when we young to right now, he always kept it 100 with me, so shout out to him. Like, he sound a big bro to him, but I got wild respect for him. And like, it's not only him, but it's like a lot of people that look up to me and they're like, yo, I see you doing good. And I've been telling them, yo, bro, like, I struggle a lot. I struggle with a lot of different things. Like, it might look good to you on the outside, but like, sometimes, like, I deal with a lot, bro. And sometimes mentally, it becomes a lot for me, like, and I dealt with a lot in my life. Like sometimes, like sometimes, bro, like I be scared for my kids, bro, cause like 
I feel like they're gonna have to deal with some of the things that I did in my life. And I'll be scared for that. Like, I'll be like, damn, because I, I know I made a lot of mistakes in my life and I know I did some things that I wasn't supposed to do. But you know what's crazy, the thing is that if, if, the thing is that if, if you're there for them, you're praying for them, you know what I'm saying? Because like I said, for me, my father wasn't always there in my life, you know what I'm saying? So my father came back to my life when I was at the age of 18. And, you know what I'm saying, that's what it is. But I feel like, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, you take what you learn, because, you know, I don't know your situation, but I can speak for me. That's why I was in the streets, you understand? So if you're praying with your kids, you're supporting your kids, you're in your kid's life, and, you know, you're breaking the generation curses, you're breaking the generation curses by, 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 you know, interceding and praying and giving God everything, I don't see what will be the problem in regards to that. And just being honest, when your kids say, you know what, Daddy, I got these tendencies. Like, for example, like, let's say, for example, a young, uh, a young sister, her mom, you know, she used to, you know, she used to go around, mess around with a lot of people. You feel me? And she's like, yo, I have these urges. How did I get these urges? And the mom is friend, well, I don't know. You feel me? Well, you know, I don't know how you get these urges. Yo, 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 just, 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 just. Let me just give you those, this bottle, let me hit you, and you overcome it. You feel what I'm saying? If you're real, you're transparent, you're praying, you're interceding, and you're giving God your all, I'm telling you, God is going to bless those kids. God is going to bless your children. God is going to bless your daughter. God is going to bless your son. So, you know, it's not about your past. It's about what you are now in God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so like, after my boy Freas had that talk with me, he was like, yo, you either go all the way clean or you go back dirty. You can't half-step God. I was like, bro, you right. He was like, facts. And then he took another pull of the spliff. And I just sat there. And, like, that reality hit me. Like, he didn't, he didn't have to yell it to me. He had to scream it to me. And just that he said it to me in that moment while he was doing what he was doing. And I listened to him. And I, and I took that full-heartedly. It's like your grandma always tell me. She was like, you took the youth department. Full-heartedly, full-heartedly, she's like, yes, keep it strong, keep it strong. <laughs> she always come to me and tell me that. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, but it's like, I feel like I had to because everything I do, I go hard at it. And my mom used to tell me, like, you see the same way you go hard at, like, the negative things. If you just take that energy and put it towards positive things, you can do great things. This, this show is a perfect example. The youth department in my church is a perfect example. My life right now is a perfect example. I never would have thought that I would be able to pay for an apartment by myself. I never thought that, like, you know, I could, I would be able to support a family. Those, those kind of things used to scare me growing up. Like, now I'm an adult. Like, I'm able to do those things, and that's by the grace of God, not by me at all. Yes, sir. Yeah. All part of the growing up process. Huh? All part of the growing up process. That's facts. Yeah, man. That's facts. But uh, well, when I was young, I used to be scared to grow up. I ain't gonna lie, I used to be terrified, scared out of my mind <laughs> to grow up. Yeah, I think we all were, cause we we thought we knew what was gonna how it was gonna go, how it's gonna go down. But then once we reached that that age of eighteen, got a glimpse of it, and we realized how real being an adult is. It's like we don't we don't want to continue. We wanna we wanna revert back to the old times. Yeah, I know the first thing we did as a dog was get a cell phone bill. Yeah. After the cell phone bill, your mom used to try like, start making you pay, pay bills around money. the house. And then after that, like, you'll get your car, then you got insurance, you got gas, you got a car note. And, like, little by little, you get certain things. After the car comes the crib, yeah. or, like, a girl, then the, then the marriage, and the crib, then the kids. So it's like, you build yeah. different levels. I mean, so, you're, looking, you're looking at your paycheck, and you're looking at all your bills, and you're just like... This can't be life. <laughs> I want to go back to where I had to worry about these things. But it's all part of the growing up process. Yeah. That's why kids, like, you either get a good-ass job or you find different hustles to do, you know? Get, like, a 9 to 5, do Uber and Lyft on the side, or get a hustle and start yes. singing or dancing. Facts. Or Whatever you got to do to make that money. Facts. Become an entrepreneur, start owning property, renting property. You know, if you leave your, 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 your apartment or your house, Instead of just leaving it for the real estate people to sell it, you can start renting it out and make your money and stuff like that. It's that simple. Remember, kids, this started in the basement, bro. You remember that? In the so, basement. And they used to come at us. They said we had no sound, no lights, no mic, no nothing. They used to come at us. They used to disrespect us. I don't. Even, I don't even think I heard the first episode. Nah, you can't. Well, <laughs> actually, the first episode 
has a thousand views now. It took you how long, though? It took you like three months. I make sure to post it every single day. I'm watching. I'm like every yeah. single day. I'm posting I'm that. Like, I, can't, I can't hear you guys. Yeah. I'm like I can't, I can't hear the first episode. Pastor Pio was like, you gotta go in the quiet, quiet, quiet room, and you gotta listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, it was the library. Then after that, it was John's place. And um, are you in this white room? And, and, fish, and you know so crazy too? Like I put my headphones in this, they can't even hear the music that's going on right now. Oh wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. This yeah, man. Loud. Yes. Yeah, that music so, is so loud. I'm assuming it's a soundproof that they can't hear it. Wow. Yeah, because we in we in this basic studio warehouse now. Wow. Where there's multiple studios and there's like everything here. There's vending machines, there's a lunchroom, there's a dining area, there's a barber shop. It's probably a tattoo shop somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> So it's probably, there's so much hair, so it's like everything included in one, you know? But, but that's how God is. When one door closes, another one opens. It's just that, in this case, 20 doors open. And from that, you know, the show's going to keep going. From the basement to the library to John Studios to, to Brooklyn Studios, you know? It's going to keep growing, it's going to keep growing, it's going to keep growing. We just got to be consistent. We thank you all for always watching, always supporting, you know? Supporting me, Brother Sanders, Kamal. Supporting the church, the Winter Circle Church, Jordan River Church. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Like, we appreciate y'all. Like, we always say this platform is not only for us, it's for everybody. Any youth want to promote, anyone want to come out, you know, anyone want to donate to the show because we're taking donations because we're paying rent right now. <laughs> so, like, anyone that wants to donate, shout out to GoFundMe, going to be at the bottom, you know. And, you know, we're just going to keep it moving. If you want us to promote, your show or promote your product or promote anything, just let us know. You can send us t-shirts and hats. You know, we're going to do that. That's real. It was real, family. It was real, baby. It was real. Keep your head up, man. Donate to the cause. Give what you can because you're going to do some big, big things. Without your contribution, your participation, it will not be possible. And the thing is that we want more people to come out to the show. We need a woman host. So any sisters out here, you're beautiful, you're virtuous, you got your mind right, we want to hear your perspective. We need more sisters out here. We need the sisters, which is key, you know? True. That's what it's about. Anything you want to say, family? I'm saying you guys should donate because they act, these guys are actually doing what they say they're doing. Yes. So I was having a conversation with a coworker today, and then I told them that I knew these two guys that did a diaper drive, and they was like, because they wanted to do some kind of um, community service. Okay. And then they was like, how did they do it? I said they did it through, um, um, through GoFundMe, yeah. taking donations, and then she's like, did they really do it? And I'm like, yeah, they did, and I showed her the pictures, and then she's like, okay. So just to show that these guys are really doing what they say they don't. Yes. They, they did buy all those diapers, they gave them all out. The community loved it, they can't wait for the next one. A lot of them wanted to say, they gave us their emails saying contact them, say come back next time. So donate, and it's all good. Yeah, yeah, my man said, but the show's getting realer, realer each week. So basically, I want to just say this before we close. Next month, we're going to be having our... Shout out uh, to Naomi Boom Boom. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Watch it, boy, boy. <laughs> Next month, October, we're going to be having a MetroCard drive. We want you guys to come through to get your free MetroCards. But let me tell you something, guys. In order for these things to happen, we need money. You understand? We cannot do this thing without money. So listen... You guys are watching, everybody that's watching this show today, listen, if you guys could at least put, hey, what's up, Naomi? If you could at least put 15 to $20 or $5 in our GoFundMe, that would be very much appreciated. So we need money to make this thing happen. The thing is that we can't be paying out of pocket to use this place. You understand what I'm saying? And also, too, we need people to participate. We don't want people to be saying, so you want to get down? Uh, uh, well, like, if you want to get down, Get down and be a part of us because we really want to make this thing happen. And without you, we cannot make this thing happen. This show is because of you guys. So we need you guys to be down with the program. And I just spectate as if we're, we're, we're Kobe and we're LeBron. And what you, and what you want to be? Uh, I'll, be I'll be Kyrie. It'll be Kyrie. Okay. Game five. Game five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But I don't know. I just thank God, man. I thank God too, man. Like I... I thank God for the strength. I thank God for the courage. I thank God for the vision. Yes. If, if God wasn't behind me, because none of this stuff is free, guys. 
the mic, the lights, the speaker, the amp, the chairs that we're sitting on, like, we have to pay for all this, and we invested in this for, for you, because we're giving a voice to you guys, because remember, we talking about things that don't get talked about, we're giving people a platform that usually don't have a platform, and we sharing this with the whole community, and we also get doing community service, we're giving it back. I already got people donating clothes to me for the clothing drive. I got people donating toys for a toy drive. I got a trunk full of baby clothes right now for the for the next clothing drive. And we just doing a lot of things. Like it's like what Ern said, when people see that you're doing it for real, then they get behind it. It's people telling me, yo, I got this to donate, yo, I got this to donate, yo, I got this to donate. I see you doing your thing. Like I wanna be a part of that. I wanna join that. I'm like, alright, cool. But it took us doing it for other people to start doing That's it right. too. Because a lot of people, they wasn't really on that timing, like you always say. But now you see all these drives is going on now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Where did they start from? Ain't that something? Man, we just give God all the glory, the honor, the praise. Because at the end of the day, it's all about motivating and inspiring people. And the thing is that if, if every church and every block got involved in the community, Oh, bro, you know how many people would leave their sex? You know how people would stop being Damu or being OG or being big homie? People want to see the love of God. So I'm excited to be working with you guys. I'm humbled. And, yo, let's let's get it. It's about to go down, baby. One more time, shout out to Jeff for the new studio, man. We popping out here. Yes. Shout out to everyone. Anyone who wants to come on the show, just holla at me. We located at 1001 Irving Avenue in Brooklyn. The boy out of Brooklyn and Queens. And you could just come out and support, come out, donate to the show. You you could donate to the next clothing drive. We have a toy drive in December. Shout out to AJ. I see you I out see you, baby. And we just making a movement. We we doing this for black people. We doing this for Haitian people. We doing this for young people. We doing this for Adventist people. We doing this for everybody. Nice. Everybody. It's not for us. This is for y'all. Yes. So it was real, baby. It was real, man. It was good talking to you guys. I don't know if anything you want to say before we go. Uh, one thing. This Saturday, September 9th, 920 Park Place, Jordan River Youth Day, come out. It's going to be a great service. Shout out to Marlo. Marlo will be delivering the sermon. Shout out to Marlo. Shout out to Jordan River. Shout out to everybody that's been, you know, just supporting. Shout out to the whole youth department. Last week, we had our little shindig. We had our little club back there. <laughs> club church. You know, a little pizza party, a little party. Yo, and that's what it's about, having good, clean, Christian fun. We didn't have to be out in the parkway on Juve and all that. Like, we had a big building, and we put that building to use, and we were just enjoying the company of each other, you know, protected in the building instead of being out in the streets. I feel like a lot of people need that refuge where they could go to and get a safe place, and church has always been a safe place for me, at least. And I feel like my church door is open to you guys. Sanders' church door is open to you guys. Facts. So just pop out, you know? Pop, pop out. out. We have... My church have a youth day every second Saturday of every month. That's what's up. And Sanders have a service every week, and he has his Bible study at Starbucks every week. Wow. So we need y'all to just come out, come out and support. My battery is low, same 20%. So, you know, so we're going to close out. So thank you all for joining us. Next week, we're going to start at our regular day on our regular time at 7.30 on Monday. We hope you to join us. We're going to be at a new location. If you want a guest star on the next episode, just hit me or hit up Brother Santa's Camo. Yep. Or hit us up on Facebook. Like us on Instagram. Um, Instagram and, and Facebook show pages coming soon. we also looking for a graffiti artist, a good artist to make us a backdrop. We got this white backdrop right now, but we're looking for the real word backdrop so you can drop it down on these hoes. And it can look. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. I mean like that. It's so good, baby. But. You know, you know, that's it. Mm -hmm. Anybody want to close out with a prayer? Let's pray. Father God, we want to say thank you for all the doors and the opportunities that you've been opening. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for being good. We thank you, Lord, for being faithful. We thank you, Father God, for what you're about to do through us and for us, Lord God. God, at this time, I pray for these young men who are here tonight, Father God. I pray you may continue to order their steps. You may continue to strengthen them and keep them, Lord. Bless them in all their endeavors. Father God, help them to realize, Lord, the same God that has always been faithful, you will always be there for them. They, need, they never need to lack. They never need to, to worry because you got them, Father God. 
And God, I pray, Lord, that their lives may continue to be a testimony to everyone that they encounter. And God, I also want to lift up everyone who's watching this show, Father God, and those who are going to be watching this show after the show is over, Father God. I pray, Lord, that this show may continue to touch people, may continue to motivate people, may continue to inspire people, may continue to change people, to make a change in their community, Father God, to make a change in this nation, Father God, to make a change in their state, to make a change across the world, Father God. Because, Lord, people are hurting. People are going through real life situations. People are losing their homes. People are losing their jobs. People are losing their minds. People are losing their families, good God. And they're crying out, Lord. Help us to be walking symbols. Help us to be walking billboards for you, God. Lord God, you deserve all the glory. You deserve all the honor and the praise, Father God. Cleanse us and purify us of all sins. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Help us to be more like you in all that we do and all that we say. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Hey, Natalie, I see you, girl. Shout out to everybody that keep continuing to support the ministry. The link will be in the description for you to donate. If you could donate two, three, four, five dollars. Matter of fact, don't donate five dollars because they charge us a fee of everything that we get anyway. So anything wow. under five, they're going to take half of that. Yeah, five. 10 to 20 dollars at least. So you could give us anywhere from five to whenever. And just support the ministry. It's not going to go to us. It's going to go back into the ministry, back into the community. You've seen what we did with the diaper drive. Shout out to Nally. Shout out to Franco Haitian. Shout out to the church. Shout out to everybody. And thank you for the shout out, uh, Naomi. Listen, when you're going to be our women house, we're waiting for you, y'all. We don't want no. Listen, listen, listen. Remember, we offered you the spot. So we don't want no problems. If we get a, night, a nice moon blonde girl, a nice white girl, a nice Hispanic, we're asking, come on, girls in the Federation, girls in the churches. We want a beautiful, virtuous sister to come to the show. Because let me tell you something. Here is official. And you see the studio. Wow. Yeah. So, like, like I keep saying, all this count. Like, we got the good mics now. The good mics. Yes. And we got the good speaker. We got the good tripod. You should see this tripod. I went all the way out to Queens to get My goodness. You see the lights? We got, like, three. I didn't notice just now. Right. This one is just now. So, Woo! All this costs money. So, we like to right too. We need y'all to donate to the movement, donate to the cause, you know. We have a nice table. We like to get a tablecloth, like to get a backdrop, like to throw more drives, and we just like to keep it pushing. The best kind of flattery is, is imitation. Shout out to everybody that's imitating, but there'll only be one record and one center come up. Yes. Just remember that. There's only one. But <laughs> <laughs> well, shout out to the real world. We see y'all guys. Bye, later. <laughs>